Thank you for joining me for Soulful Conversations with my community of fellow travelers, exploring the heart, the mind, and the globe. These conversations highlight what travel really means for the world. Soul of Travel honors the passion and dedication of the people making a positive impact in tourism. Each week, I'll be speaking to women who are tourism professionals, world travelers, and leaders in their communities. We'll explore how travel has changed them and how that has rippled out and inspired them to change the world. These conversations are as much about travel as they are about passion and living life with purpose, chasing dreams, building businesses, and having the desire to make the world a better place. This is a community of people who know travel is more than a vacation. It is an opportunity for personal awareness, and it is a vehicle for change. We are thought leaders, action takers, and heart-centered change makers. I'm Christine weinbrenner Eirich, and this is The Soul of Travel. Working in the educational travel sector, Liz Tuck is passionate about the potential for travel to cultivate global awareness and raise the profile of some of the challenges facing the worldwide community. Liz is the Community Partnership Manager and Sustainability Lead at World Challenge. Over several years, she has dedicated her time to identifying ethical opportunities for young people to engage with local organizations and communities overseas for mutually beneficial learning and experience exchanges. More recently, her focus has shifted to the sustainability space, where she's implemented plans to make her organization climate positive and identified a series of climate-centered targets. Out of the office, she's working on living a low-impact lifestyle, enjoys spending time outdoors, and is a regular on her yoga mat. In our conversation, we explore the importance of education in the context of travel, look at ways we can begin to make our businesses and our lives more sustainable, and ways to create ethical community engagement. Join me now for my soulful conversation with Liz Tuck. Welcome to Soul of Travel. I am so excited today to be sitting down with Liz Tuck, and we are going to be talking about education and travel, um, small steps in our sustainability journey, and kind of collaboration in the industry. So I'm really looking forward to seeing where this conversation leads us. Um, Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Nice to be here. Thank you. For those of you listening, um, we're recording this the day after International Women's Day. So I'm still kind of sitting here marinating in all these great conversations and webinars that I have gotten to listen to this week. And so I'm really excited to kind of be in my own space here, connecting with women who inspire me, Liz included in this industry. So as we get started, Liz, I would just love to give you the space to introduce yourself and give our listeners a bit of an idea about who you are in the industry. And then we'll um, go a little bit further into World Challenge and the rest of our conversation for today. Great. Thank you. 
Yeah, so I've actually been working in travel pretty much my whole adult working life since I finished university. But I studied education studies and I did a master's in education and international development. So um, I'd had a kind of inkling to get involved in development projects that linked in with education. And through that, I'd done some overseas trips um, during university, which had kind of inspired me to get more involved in the link between travel and philanthropy and education. Um, I actually started out a lot of my career working on international development projects with um, volunteers. I was a little jaded by some of that experience and I really grew to see kind of the benefit of those um, trips as being more on the participants than the hosting communities and the sort of education that they received in the experience and growth that they took away from it. So I um, actually am now working for an educational travel company, which allows me to kind of hone in on that a little bit more. We still have a lot of connection with destination communities, which I love. And I'm also now sort of branching out to look more at sustainability and how we can build that in to travel, um, both in the way that we operate, but also in the way that we educate travelers about sustainability and taking those values forward with them. So lots of different things going on, but um, lots of different travel experiences, but it's definitely been kind of a big part of my life. And Obviously, um, throughout all of that, I spent five years working overseas. I traveled a lot and I've always kind of had that passion for getting out and exploring and seeing the world as well. So um, a really great meeting of kind of personal pleasure and work and career goals as well. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I kind of forgot about some of our shared interests, which is actually how how I found you and connected with you. I love um, like scouring LinkedIn and Instagram and just Googling documents about like travel and education and sustainability. And just when people are talking a lot about things that I resonate with, like, because this is the work I'm doing right now, I'm so fortunate that I can reach out and create connections to learn more. But this idea of, for me, education and travel when that connection happened for me was really when I saw the value of travel that, you know, this travel experience isn't just this space for disconnection and fun and play. Like that's a really valuable part of travel. But when I saw that layered with education and learning about culture and nature and environment, when we travel, I got really excited about what travel can be on a bigger scale. And then I really gravitated toward uh, philanthropy and volunteer travel as well early in my career. And I think much like you had similar experiences where I realized that while I think the curators of those experiences had such good intentions in the early parts of that it was a, it was very self-serving. Like I did really see that it seemed like the people that were doing this type of travel were doing it to fulfill their own need. And so I, I agree with you. Like there was this sense of like dis-ease with what that looked like and what that was creating. And for me, that ended up being like, 
creating conversations around, okay, why are we traveling then? Let's ask that if this is self-serving, what are we serving? What need needs to be met? And then this is how I kind of landed in the space of transformational travel, if you want to call it that, where you are really unpacking why you're traveling in the first place. And then that creates action, I think, from a different space. But I would love if you wanted to share a little bit more about what that has looked like for you and maybe how your philosophies have changed or what dynamic you hope to create in the space of connecting engagement and and community engagement in travel. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, There's so many things I wanted to say from what you were just saying. Like, I think, I mean, the educational travel thing is, you know, there's so many layers to it. Like on the really basic level, simply the kind of idea that people traveling breaks down walls, it builds awareness of different cultures, different societies, different things that are happening around the world. And, you know, even if you don't purposefully try to curate learning through travel, there are still really, hopefully for most travelers, a general kind of sense of learning um, that comes just from taking even the simplest trip. But yeah, so when it comes to the kind of philanthropic side of things, (laughs) the community engagement, it's been quite a big journey for me because as I said, like I was a volunteer during university. I traveled abroad to volunteer. I thought that I was doing something really good for the communities that I visited. And I was very, I'm now very aware that I was doing it for my own personal benefit, like I was doing it for career progression. um, And I was enjoying the trips at the time. So there was a lot of kind of personal um, pleasure taken from that. But I then progressed to work in that industry specifically for quite a few years. And I really saw lots of different kind of sides to it. Um, And I think, as you kind of alluded to, like the baseline intention is definitely good. And I think in the majority of cases, these organizations are really trying to kind of push things forward, use this kind of desire of travelers to go and contribute something and build that into something positive for the communities. But there's also a sort of, gradual shift I think towards um, you know people people pay for these experiences and they have a certain level of expectation of therefore what they should get to experience when they're there and that doesn't always link up with the reality on the ground and what the community need and how things work in the community and it's been quite a quite a significant learning curve I was really fortunate a few years ago to engage with a fantastic organization called Rethink Orphanages, um, through which I learned a great deal about the challenges around orphanage tourism. And that is a whole topic that I could probably fill um, a whole conversation with. Um, But uh, the sort of basic outcome of that was that, you know, an orphanage is not a suitable place for a volunteer or tourist to visit because children living in these settings need specialized care. Um, It's quite difficult for them if people are coming and going all the time. It's sort of perpetuating some of the sort of challenges and the trauma that they're already living through. Um, And also um, there are better um, models of care for children. So we shouldn't be funding orphanages and encouraging orphanages when we should be hopefully encouraging governments to look for family-based care and things. But that's a little bit of a tangent. But if you kind of take that forward into other aspects of those kind of programs and start to think about, you know, 
um, is this really appropriate? Is this really the right thing for this person to be doing? Um, there's quite a big disparity between somebody who's a qualified teacher or doctor or nurse uh, in their home country going to utilize those services in a country where those services are, are understaffed or um, an unqualified person who wants to go and lend a hand on, a t- on something that they're not experienced in. Um, their intentions are great, but um, they just need to be careful that they're, they're not doing it more because it's something that they want to do and experience and get than the need actually being the destination. So I've done a lot of work on this at World Challenge and um, we do facilitate community engagement for the students that travel with us. But um, specifically, we refer to it as community engagement or a community initiative, um, not as a volunteer project. Um, we've made some really big moves away from that um, to really focus on the learning and all of the experiences that the students have linking to the sustainable development goals So it's really about kind of connecting with organizations to understand what they're doing, to understand the challenges that are faced in the community, to understand how they kind of interact on a global scale, which is where the SDGs come in. Um, And some of that learning will take place through sort of hands-on activity, but it's not like that hands-on activity is going to only happen because the students are there, it's going to happen as part of the local organization. We might make it happen a little bit faster because we'll provide a little bit of extra support, um, but we'll also provide financial support to the organization so that they can further their goals. It's all kind of led by them. It's all fitting in with what they're doing anyway. It's all kind of about moving their own um, mission forwards um, and giving our students the chance to learn about it, understand it, and then hopefully take that home with them and then the real impact comes not from that kind of short visit but from what you do with what you've learned so you know um students might go to a marine conservation project where they learn about the problems of plastic in the ocean um they might do some beach cleans you know they they make some positive contributions um but then when they come home they might reduce their plastic waste so they might really kind of focus on not buying drinks bottles, not using straws, taking reusable bags to the grocery store and really kind of move that forwards. And then if you think about all those pieces of plastic over many, many years in the future that they're saving, that's a much bigger, more positive result of that experience. So um, well, we won't be able to quantify that impact, unfortunately. Um, but we that's kind of the shift that we've gone through to this kind of focus on Um, You can still collaborate with communities and destinations. You can still learn about their culture. You can still help them to promote their culture through kind of participating in a cookery class or a dance workshop or something that they want to teach and share with you. Um, And you can still kind of further these organizational goals without having to go and do everything yourself and and participate in activities that you you wouldn't necessarily be qualified to do if you're in your home country. Yeah, thank you. There are so many great points in there, but I really love the idea of um, partnering with a community organization that already exists, like you mentioned, really understanding the need, um, supporting actions that are already in place, not coming in and kind of reinventing the wheel. And then also, as you explained, like, I feel like 
the difference between as we were talking about earlier, like this kind of more self-serving act is that it just, you go, it's done, it ends, you go home versus like this experience that's more immersive and engaged um, and interactive and then reflected upon and then integrated back into your life. Like you said, you know, the, the moment of action there was beneficial, but it's this long-term action as a result of your experience that has this larger impact and that maybe that's really what the end goal is. And I think that really shifts how you move through the experience. Yeah. And I think part of it's like the self-awareness, right? So if you are aware that you are going to benefit, you are going to enjoy that experience, you're going to use it for your CV or your university application or something. that that's okay like it's okay to know that you're going to benefit from it and to be accepting of that but if you're also then aware of that kind of potential of what what else can I do with what I've learned here what how can I take that forward then that's only going to kind of work to amplify the impact and that's further kind of built into sort of the way that we try to kind of give our travelers some learning around what they'll be doing before they travel during their trip and try and kind of build that sort of growth mindset, the idea that they can take that learning more broadly and use it in the future, but also giving them the kind of background knowledge and understanding to be able to really gain as much as they can from the experience on the ground. So um I think there's like, we're very fortunate to be an educational travel company and be able to do all of that as well. So um, I'm kind of also aware that it's a a bit of a unique space, but um, yeah, I think the awareness of that is really important. If people are kind of going with the perspective that they're going to save the lives of people in the country that they're visiting, that perspective is quite far off. Um, And I think being just kind of a bit more humble and a bit more kind of aware that you're also going to gain quite a lot um, and grateful for that is important. Yeah, that's really, really, I think that's incredible. The last thing that you said there is, um, and I think for me, this is where I realized the real value of travel too, is actually being set up in a position where I was coming in as some sort of assumed expert or, um, you know, that I was coming in with this thing to give or the support to give and really quickly in a moment realizing that that wasn't what I was well suited for and that I was actually receiving so much from this experience, which wasn't what I was mentally prepared for. Or it wasn't the context that I thought I was landing in. And so I love that you talk about that because it is, I think that is such a powerful moment when we are humbled through an experience like that, where we realize that this is a mutual exchange and maybe even uneven in a way that we didn't expect. Um, Mm -hmm. It's just so amazing. Um, I would love you mentioned a little bit um, about the work you do with world challenge, but I I would like for you to share more fully what that program is and um, who it's created for and the type of activities and travel that you, that you are designing there. Yeah, sure. So our travelers are high school, secondary school students, and they usually kind of enroll with us about a year and a half to two years before they travel. So there's quite a big build up to their trip. 
Um, the trips are sort of mostly two to four weeks long and they're quite adventurous. So they involve different sort of fun sightseeing and activities, but also trekking um, and then community engagement. So um, the students will kind of be fundraising for their trip and they'll be kind of preparing for their trip throughout that build-up time. So we have a series of kind of educational resources that they have access to. Um, They travel in groups with their school, so they're able to kind of work through those um, with their peers, which I think is really positive. Um, And they link into all kinds of aspects of kind of sustainable development, um, climate change, um, different sort of animal welfare, child welfare, different kind of important issues in travel. Um, but there's also other um, elements of the program that are linked to things like um, mental health and social well-being and personal growth, which give them a broader kind of insight into sort of what they can gain from the travel experience and how to really make the make the most of their time on the trip. So. Um, the pre-departure program kind of sets the stage for the trip itself and then when they are on the trip they are participating in all these activities they have a leader who's kind of facilitating some of this learning and um, discussion and reflection around the different topics and then the community engagement section of the trip is like I said, there, there's quite a lot of them. Actually, we work with a large number of partners, but they're all local organizations. We kind of, I, I guess to use the phrase humble, again, we were humbled in realizing, you know, that we're not we're not experts in um, running development projects where, where travel, we're experts in travel. And um, where we were previously kind of trying to work with individuals on the ground to set things like that up, it really wasn't hugely successful I don't think for anyone Um, and we move to working with these organizations that are you know like that's what they do and we're fitting in with what they do um, rather than asking them to create something that works for us specifically Um, so we really try and have it led by them and I think that's really important Um, so you know they suggest activities and things that they're doing that are ongoing that we can get involved with Um, But also for a lot of the organisations, it links into part of their sort of mission to raise awareness and educate people on the sort of topics that they're trying to address. So, so yeah, they're really wide ranging. Um, A lot of kind of community based tourism co-ops where they're able to, you know, generate income for communities through homestay programmes and having different sort of cultural interactions which also gives the communities an opportunity to share some of their traditions and their heritage, which, you know, in a lot of destinations where development is occurring quite rapidly, they are not able to uphold some of those traditions as much. So actually tourism can be a really positive vessel for sharing that and maintaining that culture. Um, So there's that kind of thing through to things like charitable organizations, NGOs working on things like conservation, marine conservation, where we're able to get involved in those activities and learn more about the environmental um, challenges in certain countries. Um, so, yeah, very wide ranging, um, but all kind of led by organizations on the ground um, who are able to kind of 
facilitate that experience and the learning, but also who we're therefore able to support through um, that visit as well. Hi, it's Christine, interrupting this episode for just a quick minute to invite you to join me for my Get Wild in Glacier Women's Wilderness Retreat. I'm so excited to share because last year when I partnered with my friend Becky Rupp from Trailblazer Wellness, we brought women to the top of a 14er in Colorado and knew we had to do it again. This year, we're headed to Glacier Park in Montana. I grew up in Northwest Montana and cannot wait to share this treasured corner of the world with you. You'll get to get wild and reconnect with your inner child as you hike, bike, ride horseback, and whitewater raft. Not only that, Becky and I spend three months with you preparing for this adventure and creating community you'll be excited to meet in person and share this adventure with. During these three months, you'll get one-on-one coaching with Becky to prepare for the adventure, as well as mindset and yoga sessions led by me, and education from other inspiring women about nutrition on the trail and packing for adventure, as well as learning from local educators about nature and wildlife and indigenous communities. This is a unique experience that adds so much depth to your journey. Registration for this Women's Wilderness Retreat closes on May 20th, and our virtual coaching begins on June 6th. Visit the Lotus Sojourns website for more information. I cannot wait to share my home with you. Now, let's hop back over to our soulful conversation. Um, I love the pre-departure learning program that you mentioned because I think this is something that I've been leaning towards in my own business and my own business model as well. And I think that's something you and I connected on um, prior to this conversation, but how important that aspect of travel is and really lengthening your travel experience to be, you know, the months, weeks, or even years prior to travel the traveling and then kind of what we referred to earlier, the reflection and coming back, integrating to your life and then, you know, the long-term effects of the travel experience. So all of a sudden this experience goes from being a one week or two week experience to like two or three years, like this really becomes a part of your, your life. And I think that really shifts what travel can be for you as a traveler, but then also just as a, as a greater tool for good as an industry. And I just imagine I I'm reading this book called beyond guilt trips, which you might be familiar with. Um, it's by uh, Dr. Anu Taranath and she talks about going and traveling during university and the experience of not really being able to understand a lot of the emotions that she was going through, um, like looking at, uh, class issues that she was not really having a frame of reference for, um, you know, for poverty that she hadn't witnessed before and all these things that these students were all just put together traveling for a semester and none of them really had a way to speak about it. And they didn't really understand what they were experiencing. And um, some of them ended up leaving because it really was just too much for them to even process. And so like, giving your students these tools to understand, you know, wildlife tourism, social issues that they might be coming up against, knowing one to mentally prepare for them to socially have that context for it, but then also to have the ability to talk about it while you're there 
is going to create such a different experience, I think, for those students in the long run. And I don't know if you have seen, you know, what that allows for in terms of understanding of the the travel experience. Yeah, so actually, as you were speaking, it just reminded me kind of how a lot of that started, which was the orphanage tourism piece. So we used to visit orphanages. That's how we engaged with Rethink and um, made the decision to move away from that. Um, we needed to learn ourselves. Many and many of us at the organisation kind of at the time didn't understand the challenges associated with that. And um, when we made the decision to stop visiting orphanages, it needed to be straight away because we understood the problems and we were like we can't we can't send one more group or two more groups to an orphanage like we have to change this now and um we but we'd already had kind of groups who thought they were going to visit orphanages on the trip so we felt like we can't tell people oh you can't do that you're going to do something else without giving them the chance to learn and understand why we'd made that decision um, and it sort of then applies across lots of different things. You know, we tell um, students that they can't ride an elephant on our trips, but we need to explain to them why that's the case, because it could become like a little bit um, pointless, really. Like we can stop them doing it with us, but then if they really want to do it, they'll just go and do it with somebody else next year or two years later. So we realise that more than just we're not doing it, draw the line, cut it out. We also needed to kind of raise that awareness a bit more broadly. And um, I actually met with a group of people from from the travel industry in the UK this week who are looking at sort of an orphanage task force and how we can raise that awareness more broadly within the travel sector in the sense that, you know, a travel organisation who doesn't organise visits to orphanages still has travellers visiting countries where visits to orphanages are organised and how can we as an industry play a role in preventing that from happening and protecting those children so yeah it's so interesting to think about that kind of reflect on that but yeah it was that need to really sort of not just put the barriers up and draw our own lines, but also make sure that people understood why why those lines had been drawn. And then we, you know, there's that ripple effect. So hopefully every person that learns about orphanages through us goes and tells a friend or a family member, if they meet somebody who says, oh, I'm planning to do that, hopefully they'll share what they learned. And it can quite quickly sort of ripple out and, and create much broader awareness. So I think there's loads of benefits to it but um certainly again the impact then goes beyond just that trip and you know you're thinking about kind of travelers who understand wildlife tourism and what attractions maybe are or aren't so good to visit are then better equipped and empowered to select the right attractions to visit if they're traveling on their own and a lot of the people that travel with us you know they're finishing high school so they probably will go on gap years or certainly trips in the next few years more independently and they'll be able to apply that to um, their own experiences and hopefully that way we kind of create uh, more demand for more sustainable sort of travel opportunities as well. Yeah Um, that is I think so important to like you said not just drawing the line and leaving it there. Um, 
I remember being at a travel show not long after I launched my business. And um, I, one of the trips that I have is to Peru and I had, you know, a lot of people saying, why aren't you going to Machu Picchu? Why would you go to Peru without going to Machu Picchu? And, and I, you know, I just, I realized this was the opportunity for me to explain why I wasn't. And, you know, maybe that would have an impact um, on how they would perceive visiting over touristed destinations or dispersing economic benefit to regions that don't normally get travel and visitors in the country. And so much like you're saying, it's not as much even about as drawing the line within your business and your organization and making a decision that has that positive impact, but also having a lot of transparency around the decision. And if you're looking at, you know, um, in other types of businesses, maybe not as much as in yours, but drawing in ideal clients that have values that match what your brand has, like really creating conversations around why you made those decisions is actually going to probably bring the people that you want traveling with you and is also hopefully inspiring others to just ask questions, get curious, you know, find out what other decisions they can make that will have an impact, you know, in their lives and in the communities where they travel. And so I just think all of these things that I think we really veered away from in the past because we didn't want to, you know, we didn't, we didn't want to have these strong social opinions related to our businesses. It's just the opposite. Now, I think it's so important that we're bringing that in. You and I were just talking a little bit about, you know, businesses and travel industry becoming B Corp. And, um, you know, we're going to get into climate action. And all of a sudden, this is this place where I think as travelers, we've all had these like deep, passionate ties to conservation and social impact. And they were kind of like little side, you know, parts of our businesses. And now um, we're in this place where we get to build our whole business around those things that really matter to us. And so I think it's a really exciting time to be in the industry. So I would love to kind of shift our gears here now and start talking a, a little bit about um, responsible travel, talking about collaboration. I think one of the things you and I really connected on when we first met was this amazing space where we are in this industry right now, where we've had to come together in order to survive the last two years. And so many people have been examining all of these different aspects of the industry and creating free resources and tools. So there's this plethora of knowledge and all of these communities. And so it's really shifting how people can show up in the industry. So I'd love to talk to you a little bit about your sustainability journey that kind of rose from this time in travel where we've all had time to reflect and think about what we're doing, maybe more time than we want to have, <laughs> but what has that looked like for you and where did that come from? And, and maybe what were your steps in progressing in this journey? Sure. Um, there's like multiple things <laughs> said once again, that I'm kind of um, latching into. So I guess we have grown our sustainability strategy from those kind of roots so we you know the um we'd moved away from elephant riding and kind of taken a bit of a stance on animal welfare and then the orphanage um piece arose and that forced us to take a bigger stance on 
how we were engaging with communities, really look into the ethical side of that, build processes to make sure that we were meeting the ethical standards that we wanted to uphold and kind of shift away from that older view of um, sort of volunteering and helping communities more to this sort of learning and engagement piece. So we kind of started on this sustainability and responsible travel journey from that. And in providing education about orphanages to travellers, we realised that we could expand that education to be um, more about how to travel responsibly. So we could cover the orphanage piece, but we could provide a bit of a wider ranging um, piece of uh, learning for the travellers and that's obviously then grown and grown to now we have lots of resources Um, but initially they were sort of half day responsible travel workshops that students would participate in. So all of those things kind of laid the foundation for us to then start to think about what other areas of responsible travel and sustainability do we want to get into and um, just before the pandemic began we signed up to Tourism Declares a Climate Emergency which is a great community of organisations who are committed to taking climate action um, and are sort of willing to fly the flag and push themselves forward um, and support each other so um, we signed up and then the pandemic hit and we had just to really focus on sort of what trips were needing to be cancelled, what we were going to do um, for that that sort of initial time when things were really kind of 100% halted. Um, And we came into sort of the beginning of 2021 and we were due to submit, it was kind of coming up a year from signing up to Tourism Declares, and we were due to submit a climate action plan and it felt like the right time to be like, OK, what is our climate action plan? Like this is a huge elephant in the room for sustainability because it is such a huge part of sustainable travel. And we haven't yet really nailed any kind of um, strategy. We've kind of banded around some ideas, made a few moves, but we needed to really kind of get it down and um, we kind of grew and grew from there really quickly. So I spent a large amount of 2021 educating myself on climate action, carbon footprinting, and what what we could do as an organisation, what opportunities were out there, how we could take that forward, what we could kind of apply to our business and um, upskilling myself from there. So it was definitely a really huge learning curve but it was kind of this area that felt like the big piece that still needed to be addressed and kind of yeah yeah it felt just really really important to get into and I think kind of now that we've done it and we're on the other side although there's still lots of ongoing work it feels like we've kind of rounded out that strategy now you know we're looking at all these different areas of our business and we're kind of now in this sort of flow state where we're constantly picking up the most ethical the most sustainable the most responsible option and um, as a priority in kind of a lot of our decision making as well so um it's it's nice to kind of feel like that's sort of embedded in our culture and it was something I actually thought of when you started to speak about kind of sustainable travel and I, I have this kind of thought process at the moment that I keep getting a little bit lost in but around kind of how 
right now you kind of people choose an organization because it's sustainable and there are sustainable or not sustainable travel organizations and different values and I'm I sort of hope that ultimately everyone like sustainable travel will not be the the golden thing that's over here it will be the main sort of bulk of the travel industry and they'll be sort of the not sustainable over there that nobody really kind of has um lots of interest in so and um, yeah that was kind of playing on my mind as you were speaking as well hopefully we're seeing like a bit of a shift towards that and I think the pandemic's provided a lot of opportunity for that for a lot of businesses to just kind of they're changing the way that they're doing things anyway they may as well embed a bit of a more sort of sustainable approach yeah I I agree I think you know as you talked about like organizations like tourism declares like there's there's just so many more resources available now for businesses and especially small businesses because this is not and it's not an easy thing to tackle because it it's so broad it's so far reaching within your industry it really touches everything that you do once you start like picking away at it you realize like this is going to take some effort. So there's something to acknowledge in the people that um, are are just at the beginning of this and 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 haven't gotten there yet. Um, that it it is it's a very it's it's a long journey. It, it does take a lot. Like I will say, I'm also in the beginning of this. I'm very passionate about doing it, and all of the choices I've ever made for my business come from the knowledge I already have but I don't have like this whole formalized statement. And I've really been looking at resources to figure out, you know, okay, let's start looking at this, really doing an analysis of what do I have in place? How can I quantify that? What sustainable development goals is that, you know, working towards what goals does my business want to stand for on a whole, like really starting to formalize. So I think a lot of businesses had elements of this or have elements of this in place, but they haven't quantified it. So I think you've got businesses that are like, I don't really know what this is. I'm curious about it. You've got businesses that are like, I don't really want anything to do with it. And then you've got businesses like I'm in the middle of it. And then we've got lots of businesses said, Hey, I have committed to this. This is my plan. This is I'm transparent about my actions. And so I think people, I think it's fair to acknowledge that there's people at all different places with this And then also, like you said, I really think the bigger vision for this industry is to be that we don't even have to talk about sustainable travel as a goal or as a category that like travel is sustainable. We have made the shift as an industry and, you know, what else are we looking towards? But I think that that is something that maybe 10 years ago would have seemed like a complete impossibility (laughs) five years ago, maybe two years ago. But I, I really do think now we're sitting in rooms with so many people who are really dedicated to creating this and kind of going back to what I said initially about collaboration and mentorship and these organizations is that not only are we wanting to do it for our own businesses, we want to help others to achieve the same goals. And so this spirit of collaboration that has arisen out of this movement um, I think is really shifting the dynamic of travel on a whole. And I don't know if you want to speak to any of your experiences with that. I know you very much started with like Googling, like what is decarbonizing my business mean? You know, like 
how do I do that? Yeah. Which many of us have done. I think that's a super fair place to start. But what do you, what resources have you used and what would you give as a suggestion for people who are somewhere on this spectrum? I guess like when it comes to a lot of parts of kind of business, we're, we're competitive, aren't we? Like we don't want to give away too many of our ideas for somebody else um, to take. But when it comes to sustainability, I think one of the really amazing parts about working in that field in the tourism industry is that everybody wants tourism to be more sustainable everybody wants to protect the environment to reduce the impact that tourism has on climate change so people aren't trying to hold on to their knowledge and be the best at reducing their carbon emissions so that nobody else can be as good at it as them like they want everyone to be good at reducing their carbon emissions because it benefits all of us if everyone reduces their carbon emissions. So when I started to work on the Climate Action Plan, I was supported by quite a few other people in the industry who are also either at similar stages or slightly further ahead than me. Um, And a lot of those connections came through the Tourism Declares community. So I was really um, fortunate to be able to kind of just call certain people up and say like hey I want to start measuring my carbon footprint what should I look at and you know I was guided by them to things like carbon conversion factors which are absolutely incredible resources the UK government has a whole host of publicly accessible carbon conversion factors which are essentially just figures by which you multiply everyday numbers things like number of miles traveled number of kilowatts of electricity used and they give you an estimate of the carbon emissions generated by that thing so they provide this incredible framework of what to measure um thing which are all links in as well to the greenhouse gas protocol which is a great great resource as well um and and allow you to start making measurements for yourself so um, I think for a lot of small organisations um, and also a lot of organisations that have been impacted by the pandemic and have got a limited resource, um, the fact that you can begin to do some of this stuff on your own and you don't need to hire consultants or bring in expert staff members really starts to break down some of those barriers and make people feel like I can start to make some steps. So for me, kind of being part of that community opened a lot of doors I've since joined as a volunteer and so that I can be a little bit more involved in what Tourism Declares is doing. Tourism Declares has actually recently um, joined forces with a number of other um, organisations in travel to launch the Glasgow Declaration for Climate Action which is a um, basically a declaration for anyone in the in the tourism any tourism business to commit to, to taking climate action aligned with sort of IPCC targets for reducing emissions and they um, will I think it's not quite fully formed yet but there is lots of guidance on how to build a climate action plan one of the requirements if you sign up is to um, submit a climate action plan within a year Um, and there's a whole sort of framework of that so instantly you have kind of the key areas that you should be thinking about measuring reducing and 
you know it starts to starts to give some shape there's communities then you can sort of link in with other people start to network with people who are working on similar things to you bounce ideas around um and then there's also lots of great um travel companies i mean there are plenty that just sort of publicly share what they're doing as well and rather than kind of holding it like i said too close to their chest they're really willing to kind of share it so that others can see what they've done and and hopefully learn something from that and apply it to their own businesses so um it's definitely a space where collaboration is really big and it's really really nice to kind of see people sort of sharing their learning sharing their knowledge sharing their ideas um really just united by common purpose I guess um but really nice kind of space to be in yeah, I, I was going to say exactly that it's such a nice space to be in because it really, it just, um, it brings about this sense of community. And I think um, as business owners, you know, who are, we're typically taught about or, you know, as professionals, you know, to be like, you will only be at the top if you have all of the answers. Like you said, hold it to your chest. Don't let your secrets out. Um, all, you know, it's, I have to be at the top of the pyramid and, um, it, I think for a lot of people, especially that I've met in this industry, like we're in this industry because we actually believe in the whole of humanity and the good of humanity. And we want to take travelers to experience that. And so it's almost counterintuitive to who we are to then run a business this way. And I feel like, Actually, in in my space, being in the entrepreneurial world, being in entrepreneurial women, like there's this um, almost like failure to launch because we don't thrive in that setting. And I just think that this shift to this space is also going to create a lot more success for these businesses that are really impact driven and mission driven and heart centered and all these things you didn't used to say about business at all. Um, And then the other thing about asking questions, like, okay, if you're the CEO of a company and you don't know about reducing emissions, are you going to actually go somewhere and say, I don't know how to do this at all. Can someone show me? (laughs) Like, this is not the way that these types of people normally interact with one another. And so I think, bringing that humanity to business is also what I feel like this movement is doing. And I, I'm really curious about what that will shift overall. Yeah, it's so interesting, isn't it? Like we're so bad at asking for help. I remember um, trying to build a process for assessing sort of um, community engagement that interacts with turtles and reaching out to a turtle conservation organisation and being like, can you help me with kind of guidance on on what the right standards are? And they were like, yeah, let's have a call. Let's talk it through. I can have, and it like people are so willing to help if you're only willing to ask. But I was so nervous about asking somebody because I was like, well, I'm not going to work with them. Like there's no kind of business connection there. I'm just asking for guidance. And they were like, but that's what we do. We do turtle conservation. Of course, we're happy to tell you about turtle conservation. Like, right. Um, it's a very random example. But um, yeah, if we just ask for support, nine times out of 10, people are willing to give it to us. Um, and the better we can kind of build that sort of network and 
community in travel and particularly when we're sort of yeah moving towards this purpose-driven way of operating because I think my purpose is your purpose right um it's not um they're not conflicting they're not they're not working against each other like building kind of um more sort of globally minded um people who are engaged in global issues who are kind of caring and kind and thoughtful and inspired to take action is something we all want to be part of so yeah thank you I um one of my favorite things about this journey is like continuing to paint a picture of the possibilities for this industry and just in general for what I think you know what the world can look like when we move from this different space of being and so I'm always so happy to have conversations that begin to s- allow us to see beyond what we know now into what could be. Um, so I really appreciate you creating, playing in that space with me for a moment. Um, as we begin to wrap up our conversation, Liz, I would just love for you to share how people can learn more about um uh, both tourism declares, I think that would be a really great resource to share and um, world challenge where people can learn about traveling and the work that you're doing there. Um, yeah, so tourism has have a website, they're um, easy to find. And I also recommend if you're kind of interested in kind of climate action and tourism, um, have a look for the Glasgow Declaration um, and find information about that I think it's on the One Planet Network website I hope I'm correct in saying that and check those resources out you can also check out World Challenge on uh, LinkedIn or Instagram or on the website Um, we are a school travel organization so um, we're a little bit less kind of visible than um, I guess a lot of tour operators but um, we do have social media accounts and um, we do share a little about um, our sustainability goals and commitments and um, progress on those quite regularly. So they're quite a good place to kind of follow um, what's happening. Yeah, thank you. And I I think that's so valuable too, is just, um, I mean, I'm constantly looking to my um, colleagues and I guess what we would call competitors, although I don't believe in that either. Like, for inspiration around how they're talking, talking about topics that I think are important for inspiration to see what other people are doing that I can incorporate into my own, my own life, my own business. So I really encourage people that if, even if it seems like, well, I'm probably not going to be a high school student traveling with you. Like I can follow your Instagram and, and really learn about ways of operating in my business, ways to speak to my children about travel. You know, there's all these different things that can come out of it. Um, just looking at it from other perspectives. Um, before we wrap up, I have seven rapid fire ish questions. I have three daughters and their new favorite word is ishy. Um, so I felt like I almost might need to rename these to my rapid fire issue questions. <laughs> like I have no idea what this trend is in my children, but everything is issue to them, food, their feelings, their emotions. Anyway, I digress. But 
we'll play with these rapid fire questions just to wrap up our conversation today. Um, the first one is what is your favorite book or movie that offers you a travel escape or inspires you to adventure? Oh, it's so hard to fit con. Um, I just read Coasting by Elise Downing, which is um, a book about a girl from the UK who ran the coastline of the UK. She was not really a runner at the time. She didn't know how to read a map, um, but it really inspired me to kind of find adventure in everyday life um, and, you know, particularly kind of thinking about how we've been doing a lot more travel close to home during the pandemic and exploring our home country. Um, what is always in your suitcase or backpack when you travel? <laughs> a dry bag. <laughs> I absolutely love a dry bag. You, you know, it gets you out of all kinds of difficult situations. <laughs> I, I have those left over from when my kids are little and it's actually my very favorite travel accessory as well. I feel like you always, I don't know why, but you always need it. <laughs> I don't know why it came to my head. But <laughs> it's a really good suggestion for people that have not incorporated that into their travel kit. Um, where do you still, or what has been your favorite destination? Mexico. Um, I lived in Mexico for a year and a half and um, everything, the food, the culture, the community, the beaches, the everything. It's beautiful. Uh, where do you still long to visit? Um, at the moment, Galapagos is really high on my list. Uh, it has been high on my list for as long as I can remember. And I also really want to take my kids there because it seems like the actual natural version of Disneyland, <laughs> like yeah. the true magic kingdom. <laughs> um, yeah. I really want to experience it through their eyes, but it, I would love to go there as well. Um, what do you eat that immediately connects you to a place you've been? Oh, so many things. Food's like one of my favorite um, things about travel, but um I'm going to say jollof rice from Ghana because that's quite a random one. But um, this sort of spicy red tomatoey rice with lots of vegetables in um, is kind of like a comfort food that takes me back to when I lived in Ghana for a year. It was like my favorite Ghanaian food. Um, uh, who was the person that inspired or encouraged you to set out and explore the world? Oh, me. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I, um, I honestly sometimes look back and I am amazed that I started traveling. Like the first trip that I took, proper big trip was to Tanzania um, on my own for a month to volunteer in a school. And I was terrified and I still have no idea how I convinced myself to go through all the stages of signing up, paying, booking everything, getting on the plane, getting there that I had to go through to actually get there. Um, but somehow I did it. And then everything else kind of bloomed from there. I had a fantastic time and um, I've never looked back, but um, I, I still blows my mind to try and imagine how I, how I ever made those decisions. Um, I actually can really relate to this. So I ask these questions all the time. And then as you said that you were the person, I was like, 
who is the person that inspired me to travel? And I'm like, I actually don't know. I maybe it was me as well, because I just was, I wanted out of where I was so badly. And I was so curious about the world. You know, it was really like National Geographic magazine that showed me all these things existed, but really no one had set that path for me. Like of anyone I knew, no one else had been like, Hey, let's go to Southeast Asia for six weeks. I just decided to do it. <laughs> yeah. Same. Um, no one yeah, else I had that. gone before. <laughs> Uh, and the last one is if you could take an adventure with one person, fictional or real, alive or past, who would it be? I'm going to say David Attenborough. Like, it would be so great to go. Like, imagine if I could go to the Galapagos with David Attenborough. <laughs> like, that would just be amazing. Um, he definitely springs to mind when it comes to anything kind of travel nature related. So I feel like it would be, it would be just great. Yeah, I, I know one other person mentioned him as well. So let's hope that he's just like looking for his perfect travel team and he can grab you and whomever this other woman was that I can't remember offhand, but um <laughs> I'm sure yeah. he's listening. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he is. Why wouldn't he be listening to my podcast? <laughs> um yeah. Oh gosh. Well, this was such a good conversation. I'm so happy that we got to cover all the things that we did. Um, it's always such a fun journey for me to just see what is going to come up. And it's always, um, I feel like, just such val- valuable um, experiences and information. So I really appreciate your time and sharing with me today. No problem. It was lovely to have the chat. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Soul of Travel. I hope you enjoyed the journey. If you love this conversation, I encourage you to subscribe, rate the podcast, and share the episodes that inspire you with others. I am so proud of the way these conversations are bringing together people from around the world. If this sounds like your community, welcome. I am so happy you are here. You can find all the ways you can be a part of the Soul of Travel and Lotus Sojourns community at www.lotussojourns.com. Here you can learn more about Soul of Travel and my guests. You can see details about the transformational sojourns I guide for women, as well as my book Sojourn, which offers an opportunity to explore your heart, mind, and the world through the pages of books specially selected to create a unique journey. I am all about community and would love to connect. You can find me on Facebook at Lotus Sojourns and join our community, the Lotus Sojourns Collective. Or follow me on Instagram, either at Lotus Sojourns or at Soul of Travel Podcast. Stay up to date by joining the Lotus Sojourns mailing list. I look forward to getting to know you and hopefully hear your story.